Step Into the Realm of the Paranormal Until the Last Drop, a show that blends paranormal stories and events with a themed drink. Welcome to Till the Last Drop. I'll be your host, Andrew, and joined by Jamie, we'll be going over some of the lesser-known cryptids in tonight's episode. So the Bigfoot and aliens are out of our spotlight for tonight, so expect us to be talking about things such as the Kraken, or the Mothman, or maybe even a sentient pair of pants that have been terrorizing Fresno, California, known only as the Nightcrawlers. And for our alcohol choice, we'll be going over the Kraken, a black-spiced rum which is as dark as the ink of the cephalopod itself, and a Glenmorangie sampler of single malt scotch whiskey that varies between 10 and 12 years. These should match those different types of cryptids in a very interesting manner. Stay thirsty for the unusual with Till the Last Drop. So the first creature we're going to talk about tonight is going to be the Mothman. Now, do you want to go over some of the history first, or would you rather talk about the analysis of it? Oh, it's probably good to give the history first. All right. I'll let you lead off with that one then. Um, the first known sighting of the Mothman was on November 12th of 1966, and it was spotted by five men who were out digging a grave at a cemetery in West Virginia. And these men say that they saw a man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. A man-like figure that's, flying from a tree. That's what they said. Now, why would that be the first thing that they go to? <laughs> There's a man in a tree and he's flying right at me. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of the, the general descriptions of him... I mean, if it's tall and it's big, your brain's going to connect it to... <laughs> Whatever you associate. Oh, yeah. I'm digging a grave at night. Oh, oh, this man in a tree. He's just going to jump down on us. I mean, like. I feel like if I was digging graves, my biggest concern would be random people. I guess. I mean, where else are you going to hide but in a tree? Why were there trees by the graves? I don't know. Maybe you're looking to have the trees absorb the bodies and hide the bodies. Maybe that's the whole plan. What's happening? I don't know. Anyway, uh, would you like to continue on the history? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so a few days later, there were two couples that were from Point Pleasant. And they ended up reporting to police that they saw a large creature whose eyes glowed red when their car headlights picked it up. And they also described it as a large flying man, but they added that it had 10 foot wings. I remember hearing about that, that story from Robert and Linda, I believe it was. Roger. Oh, Roger and Linda, yes. Um, it's probably one of the more common stories that go around that they're being chased by this mothman. And I believe it was like, what, by the munitions, World War II munitions? Plant. Yeah, it's an area that's right outside of town that they call the TNT area. Mm. And it was a former World War II munitions plant. Yeah. So I mean, what they're thinking that. Maybe it had some sort of government experiment escaping and all that and terrorizing. I think some people believe that. I think there were other people that believed that there might have been chemicals left over from the plant that had maybe mutated one of the local wildlife around there. Well, yeah, I guess mutations can happen. I mean, I remember seeing this massive catfish in the Chernobyl cooling tank. 
Yeah. Um, thing. So and it, it seemed to be living fine. I mean, I don't think anybody would want to be like, oh, I'm going to go noodle that catfish. <laughs> See, that's an uncommon term for an uncommon creature. That's the kind of fish that noodles you. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, I think it might be a good time to let people know what this Mothman would look like. Well, the most common reports were of a very tall, man-like creature um, that had a huge wingspan. And oftentimes, I think the most common thing that uh, the people that saw it reported were that it had very large eyes that had a that shined red yeah like uh bike reflectors yeah i believe that's what it was was stated at one point um of course there's other people who claim that it's an alien of some sort a supernatural manifestation or potentially even an unknown species of animal however there's also some wildlife enthusiasts that could claim that it was just a heron yeah, I think that is that is a very likely possibility is that it was just a very large bird. I mean, there are some species of birds who get yeah. quite large. And if you're not familiar with it and you startle something like that or something like that flies out of a tree, yeah, I would be scared <laughs> if it was nighttime and I see this gigantic bird come just swooping out of a tree i wouldn't know what i was looking at especially if i didn't know to expect something that large in the area it could have just been somebody's escaped pet ostrich that too i know one other explanation that i had heard previously was a lot of people attributed the mothman to a harbinger of sorts of, oh yeah of a traumatic or a big event bad event that was to come um, some people actually thought that Mothmen were potentially angels, if you believe that sort of thing, and that they were coming to try and warn people of this giant tragedy that was about to befall on these communities. A uh, pretty interesting way of warning somebody, scaring the living hell out of them. <laughs> I mean, maybe it would scare you enough that you would leave. Uh yeah, in this case, if that was if that was the intent of this, it clearly has not happened. Uh, since 2002, Point Pleasant now has a festival for the Mothman, as well as plenty. Of, they have a statue in mm -hmm. the city. They have, have a museum. Yep, the museum. They've probably got plenty of memorabilia as well. That they have Mothman culture yep. up there. Yep. So if you're ever in Point Pleasant, check out the Mothman Museum, I guess. It could be interesting. I know I would. Yeah. Um, I do know that a lot of people that believe in the Mothman being harbingers of tragedy um, connect it to shortly after the sightings began and there were numerous sightings over an extended period of time in that area by numerous different people. There was actually a collapse of the Silver Bridge and that happened on December 15th of 1967 and that ended up in the deaths of 46 people. And so a lot of people believe that the Mothman was kind of foretelling of this tragedy that came about their town. Yep. And I'll uh, end of this little Mothman bit with one recent bit of news about the Mothman. Apparently in June of this year, 2020, 
There was a, a petition was started to replace all the Confederate statues in the United States with statues of Mothman. Really? Yep. And there is, as of July, the petition has 2,000 signatures. I feel like <laughs> everybody needs to go sign that. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the uh, the Nightcrawler, personally. I'd like to see more of that. Maybe we should just replace them all with cryptid statues. No. Yeah. That would be interesting. Like the local the cryptids state, of the area. Yeah. yeah. Well, the state, the best ones known in the state, just like. Or regionally, if you don't have one yeah. that's state specific. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing that should yeah. happen. Could be I interesting. I feel like it might also give a lot of people weird nightmares, but I think it should happen. You know what? People can be scared of different things now. <laughs> There's a lot more scary things happening in the actual world. <laughs> yeah. Than the world of cryptids. And, yeah. Uh, supernatural. All right, well, on to our next one. The night is dark. The spirits are restless. They demand to be poured until the last drop. Our next cryptid is the Fresno Nightcrawler. This one is a little bit lesser known, unless you were in Fresno, California, and I believe the 2004 time frame. Uh, you may not know exactly what this thing is. Uh, there is one eyewitness that has an interesting story about it. The Fresno Nightcrawler or Nightcrawlers appear to be a relatively short creature. I think they said about a one and a half meters, which was like five or seven feet. I don't remember exactly. That's um, not short. Well, a meter is like three feet, just about. Well, no, you said, like it says they're relatively short. These oh. things are really short, seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, in comparison to a whale, yes, it is. Those <laughs> like, land whales. Like in comparison to what? Oh, I'm sorry. A, a redwood tree? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sky whales. They're not land whales. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The land dolphins are horses, though. Um, anyway, most of their height is being made up with their legs. Uh, it possesses an extremely small upper body, potentially even just a head. So just a head on a pair of legs. Um, this That's thing, not unsettling at all. Yeah. Uh, they say there's hard to find details of the upper body because there's not really the greatest quality of the footage. Um, there's only one really noticeable video that you see this thing walking across somebody's yard. And then another one that's kind of going across someone's backyard in Tahoe, I believe. That was in Yosemite, Oh, I Yosemite, believe. yeah. And there's like two of them in that one. Yeah, but it's it, the movement is so different from the other one. It doesn't I, seem like it's the same. I personally, and again, I'm not trying to say that either of them are fake or anything because I have no idea. But when you look at it, it definitely looks like it's a lot more fluid and and kind of floaty, I think, in the second one, in the one from Yosemite, if that makes sense. The movement yeah. definitely seems, I don't know how to explain it, but it's different for yeah. sure. Um, of course, like they, these things, they're very short. <laughs> and seven foot tall yeah. shorties yeah thin and still like i think when they say like when they meant meters they were saying feet because i think that it was looking more like maybe feet. It, it i know the one video from the fresno one from the guy's yard it it looked short yeah it does not look like it was a seven foot tall pair of legs unless, with the yeah unless they're going off of like the other like recorded footage of this which could potentially have been larger those ones i think in the just based on like looking at it straight on alone not knowing the angle of the camera or anything like that they do look taller in that yeah. one um of course these things there are claims that they've come from native american folklore um but it's 
since been debunked. It's not exactly relevant anymore, mainly because of just the area, I believe. Um, I don't have a lot of information on that one, though. Um, however, it was seen, the first account was, I believe, 2010 by the Fresno man, Jose, and uh, he heard his dogs barking and he checked some of the security footage and he sees this thing just walking across his yard and I believe he first thought it was like some kids playing a prank or something but well was, as you would I mean yeah I mean Fresno is not in any way a place where you'd <laughs> want to investigate somebody pulling a prank on you I can tell you that for sure so I don't know that I would I would be stuck if I was in that position, if we had, you know, if our dogs were barking in our yard and we had security cameras and we looked and I see that on the camera, I would be in a really weird position because there's a part of me that would want to go out and see what the heck it is. And then there's that other part of me that would not want anything at all to do with whatever the pants walking across my yard by themselves was yeah yeah unfortunately there's a lot of other things that are going around with it i mean he he recorded i believe he recorded it from the playback on either a different camera or something so the quality is a little bit lower because of that um it's also a what 2010 security camera yeah so that's i mean and it's at night Right. That's the biggest part is like you, you're always going to get green. You're always going to get like problems when you're filming in low light conditions. It's unavoidable unless you're using ultra bright IRs, which not everybody's going to think to have or use. Right. And, and I don't think it was as common even in 2010. No. And stock security cameras don't have super bright IRs implanted in them anyway. So. Right. Um, anyway, the Nightcrawler was covered on, I believe, Fact or Faked. Yeah. From Sci-Fi. Yeah, that was... Uh, I believe that was the first time that I actually heard about these things, and I was just like, this is the most awesome-looking thing I've ever seen. I remember watching (laughs) that with you, and yeah, they were... It was pretty cool, and I'm pretty sure that they they tried out a bunch of different possible explanations. They tried to recreate the footage Mm -hmm. and tried to figure out what it could have been, you know, as, as any rational, I guess, explanation... And I know that they were not able to recreate it in any reasonable fashion. Yeah. Well, they they used higher quality cameras. They used like a bunch of other things that it's not completely out of the out of the ballpark that it could have just been a puppet. But it's obviously it's easy to tell when you're looking at a high def camera and it's set up by somebody who knows where to put the cameras and all that kind of stuff. Right. But they even tried to just, they tried to fool the cameras yeah, as best as they could. And even, you know, using Hollywood tricks to try and hide what they had done yeah. as a setup, they weren't able to. No. So they couldn't, they couldn't say that it was real or fake, I guess, fact or fiction on that yeah. show. Uh, I think that might be enough for the Nightcrawler itself. Well, I would like to point oh. out that over the years, there have been some some uh, potential explanations for what people think that they might be. Yeah. And uh, these vary <laughs> along uh, quite a few different lines. Some people think it might be an alien or an extraterrestrial being. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's a typical go-to. Well, it technically, it's an alien life form in that, you don't know what it is. Yeah. 
Um, people think it might be a new species that's possibly a primate with short <laughs> arms. Like It's the really? Tyrannosaurus chimp. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. Um, people think it might possibly be an entirely new kind of animal that's possibly a, ma- a mammal. Or possibly pants. I like that one. That's honestly what it looks like. And a pair of pants just have become sentient and started <laughs> running amok all over town. They got too much starch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're now they're potato fans. Uh, <sighs> oh. <laughs> Other people thought it might be a puppet on a wire. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that was really tested on that fact or fiction show. Was they tried the the puppet on a wire? Yeah, and they couldn't recreate it. Well, they've got a bigger budget than somebody who would potentially just be doing it out of their house. Yeah, but the person doing it out of their house might have more time. That's true. I don't know. We saw like saw what this guy looked like. He didn't seem like he'd be somebody who would be too like into the puppeteering ideas of things. No. So. I think my personal favorite is the. some people think that it's a misidentified gazelle standing upright. Yeah, because, you know, bi- like gazelles are bisected most of the time to look like two long legs and they're native to the Fresno area. I mean, <laughs> all the gazelles I've ever seen are like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what kind of gazelles are you seeing? I'm thinking of the ones that are normally running from lions. Oh, fine. I don't know. Unless there's like some lion style cryptid that was chasing it. There probably is. I can't think of one at the moment. Maybe maybe that's for our next episode. (laughs) Track down a lion cryptid. The dead will rise so they can hear more content from Till the Last Drop. All right, moving on to another cryptid i guess this one's a little bit more popular than some of the previous ones i suppose uh based on how many times we've actually seen it not physically but seen it in like different medias and all that this one is the jersey devil also known as the Leeds devil by some it's a legendary creature said to inhabit the pine barrens of south jersey this creature is often described as a flying biped with hooves but there are many variations the common description is that half of it is a kangaroo or wyvern-like creature with a goat or horse-like head, leathery bat-like wings, horns, small arms with clawed hands, legs with cloven hooves, and a forked tail. I feel like they just kind of took a bunch of animal parts and sh- like balled them up and shook them up and then threw them out and randomly like picked. Yeah, and then piece together what this creature was gonna look like. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something that uh, it's like a mix and match, maybe like a grab bag of cryptid or something. It's like, right. what's the scariest parts of these animals? Oh, bat wings are scary, and then it's like, oh, the hooves of a horse. <laughs> you can get trampled by those. No, they're the hooves of a devil, though. Uh, Isn't the yes. devil supposed the, to have the goat? Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm, hooves. I'm thinking of Dave Grohl from. Uh, pick a destiny at this point. The only devil that matters. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, play the drums, guitar, sings pretty good. Isn't rock and roll like the devil's music, you know? Uh, I think we've moved past that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the other thing, like, you know those slide puzzles that you get when you're a kid where those twisty things where it's got different images, but you can change the head 
and the yeah. body and the feet. Yeah, now I know what you mean. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those. Yep. You get to pick and choose what your Jersey <laughs> Devil looks like, <laughs> customized for your own preference, right? For your own fear. Yep. It's like a additional five dollars for that additional customization. I mean, you can even choose the color of the fur. So slap now a spoiler got, like, on that thing. Maybe some neon underneath the hooves. Is this like the microtransaction <laughs> yeah. cryptid? Yeah. <laughs> oh god, let's keep this idea away from EA. <laughs> Anyway, you want to go a little bit into the origin of it? Yeah, actually, uh, the origin comes from popular folklore saying that there was a woman named Jane Leeds or Mother Leeds, and she had had 12 children. And after finding out that she was pregnant with her 13th child, she cursed the child in frustration. And I mean, I kind of get that. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's a lot of kids. I, I don't think it's the kid's fault. I think it's more of her fault. <laughs> well, she could have, should have cursed her husband, maybe. Mm. But um, I don't know. Apparently, she's sleeping with the devil at that point. <laughs> no, because she cursed the child, stating that it would be the devil. So she planned it. I mean, I guess that's one way to uh, get around your infidelity. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not my kid. That's just from the devil. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so in 1735, Mother Leeds was in labor on a stormy night with her friends gathered around her. <laughs> yeah. And this child was born as a normal child. But then it changed into a creature with hooves, a goat's head, bat wings, and a forked tail. Mm. So the Jersey Devil image that you kind of described earlier. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that reminds me of something. I don't know why, but it just came to me. Like I, some random show at one point in time, there was like some some mother who was given birth and all that. And she apparently gave birth to twins. And uh, this was like a TV series or something that. It's a short excerpt and like i don't remember what it was but all i remember is like they show one baby and it's like this most the ugliest looking baby you could ever see it looked like it was like some sort of like demon or something but it was like the nicest baby you could ever see and then there was like some normal baby as well and this normal baby like turned it was basically like some actual demon baby so it was like the good the good baby just looked like a demon but then there was like some normal looking baby that just was some pure evil entity or something like that they were probably trying to make a point about you know don't judge a book by its cover i know but like literally that is the most just terrible way to go about it it's <laughs> that like, is the most straightforward way to go about it i, I, guess. I guess i mean the, the downside is you have to have two babies uh, <laughs> one baby is hard enough man <laughs> i give mad props to any parent of multiples Ugh. So, um, after this 13th child transformed from its normal baby to its <laughs> devil baby, I guess. Level two unlocked. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, New customization option, horns. <laughs> Level three, you have wings. Hey, <laughs> I would just be happy he didn't have the horns when he was coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. <gasps> I mean, that baby would come out one way or another, I suppose. I would be the one growling and screaming. <laughs> okay. No wonder she cursed it. <laughs> so the baby then proceeded to beat everyone with its tail and then fly up the chimney and head out into the pines. 
How big did this baby get if it's able to beat somebody with its tail? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe it just has a really long tail. We're looking at like a, a standard, like, round the ballpark of a six-pound baby, or are we looking at like a full-grown, like, goat or something? It went up the chimney, so it can't be that large. Oh, yeah. Well, like, what was Although, this? Although, like? I guess Santa Claus comes down <laughs> chimneys, and we I know mean, he's a We're in the same ballpark jolly... of... Of subject matter here, so he's a jolly rotund man. Yeah. So I mean there's always the idea that Santa and Satan are the two same are the same person. That is my theory. Yeah. I mean, hey, you'd change some letters around and Exactly. I mean, and yeah. I told you that theory before. Yeah. That's for another episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that, yeah actually we could. We could. Yeah. Maybe during the holiday season. <laughs> anyway back to the jersey devil we're getting way off topic it happens yeah. so in some versions of the tale mother Leeds was supposedly a witch and the child's father was the devil himself ah of course he must have had some free time in his schedule to make uh make a house call for this random witch then <laughs> they there's a lot of talk that witches make deals with the devil and they essentially offer themselves up their body mind spirit soul to gain the powers that they have and considering i believe that that was one of the bigger beliefs in regards to witchcraft especially you know in in uh older times it would make sense that if this lady birthed a devil she probably consummated with a devil and who would consummate with a devil of course a Rosemary. witch oh well, yeah <laughs> <sighs> that was not rosemary's fault that was the i don't know the satanic orgy that i guess happened I mean, she was drugged uh, yeah that was a seriously messed up situation but a really good movie yeah. anywho <laughs> <laughs> but no like that Obviously, if a woman gives birth to a, a quote-unquote devil, she was whatever messing around with the devil because where else did the devil baby come from? I don't know. The devil's seed. And again... Too much cake. Yeah. The devil's food cake. Ah. It'll get you pregnant. Eat that devil's food cake. It'll get you pregnant. <laughs> then you'll have a, de a Jersey devil baby. Uh, that's why they've got angel food cake is it it balances it is that what they taught you in school <laughs> <laughs> hey the quality of school has dropped drastically where do babies come from devil's food cake <laughs> cake how do i get rid of it cake is the devil. Cake. oh god <laughs> yes yes anyways but yeah like i was saying um obviously you know in order to try and explain why a woman would give birth to this devil baby she obviously was canoodling with the devil himself and why would she canoodling why would she choose to canoodle with the devil because she wanted her witch powers oh yeah i guess make i mean i guess if you have like 12 kids already you probably have a lot of enemies so you've been doing a lot of canoodling yeah so not up the stream either i guess <laughs> i don't know 
somebody was canoodling up your yeah, stream. Yeah. This is getting way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway, with the, the Jersey Devil's also been seen in a lot of popular culture too. Um, I believe a '93 episode of The X Files discussed the legend of the Jersey devil and as well as an interpretation of it being a carnivorous wild humanoid. So that to me sounds more like Wendigo territory. You know, I like the X-Files. I like it a lot. And I think they did a lot of really cool stuff. I think a lot of the things on the show turned into carnivorous wild humanoids, yeah. but uh, it is an easy way to explain strange phenomenon yeah i mean in the sense of that it like it brings it back to reality because if you're thinking about like say aliens or some monster or something i mean it's like maybe it's just some person who's like either possessed or uh taking i mean on a budget it works very well (laughs) so possession is real i mean let's let's face it tv series may not always have the biggest budget so it's always easier to turn something into more of a human realm where you put some makeup on somebody and call it good rather than like put in like massive prop budgets and all that. Right. So. Plus, if you think about the what would have to go into making a decent yeah. Jersey Devil based on the descriptions that are out there and the, yeah. even some of the images that are out there, yeah. that would that would be hard. And I think X Files is a show that they wouldn't want to do something that looked. Yeah. ridiculous like yeah <clears throat> but it always felt to me like x-files was more on the lines of you get the information for it but you never really see it so they kind of play off of that kind of mystery behind the image i think a lot of them were like that but yeah. that that was kind of cool because you had this base fear of the unknown which is yeah. kind of what it was about um other than the x-files it has appeared in video games as well it has been in a PlayStation game called Jersey Devil. I know, surprising. Creative. Uh, it was also in the, the Wolf Among Us, I guess, as an agent of the Crooked Man. I've not played the game, so I'm not 100%. I haven't either. I know I've looked into it, but I didn't know that the Jersey Devil made a uh, made a cameo. No. The Crooked Man would be interesting to see, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. It was also in a 2007 episode of TMNT. Unless that was the movie. I'm not 100% sure. That was another one that I never got into. I mean, I remember the rubber-suited Ninja Turtles. I remember the classic original Ninja yeah. Turtles. Those are my boys. Well, like, like the animated series or the uh, actual movie ones? The original movies, like Pizza Power. Oh, yeah. With like, the, uh, oh. the Pizza Hut promotional. Yes, I used yeah. to have the cassette tape. Yeah, I had it, too, mm. at one point. Um, anyway, uh, Raphael apparently battles against the Jersey Devil in a kitchen diner. Uh, so, and uh, why? I wonder why the Jersey Devil was in a diner. I maybe he's just looking for something to eat. Hungry? Yeah, maybe. It's also in a 2002 horror film called The Thirteenth Child. Obviously, it revolves around the Jersey Devil. Right. I mean, that makes sense since he is the thirteenth child of Mother Leeds. Nope. It's also filmed from 2012, The Barons. For the Pine Barrens, yep. where he is reported to live. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that might be interesting about this? Oh, Bruce Springsteen. 
Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he released a song and video for A Night with the Jersey Devil. <laughs> Why does that? It sounds like a weird date scenario. I, I, I guess. I mean. I'm going to have to listen to that now. <laughs> so, you know, skeptics believe that the Jersey Devil is really nothing more than just a creative manifestation of the early settlers, like boogeyman stories that they used to tell to their kids for entertainment. Yeah, always entertaining to scare the hell out of your kids. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> but I think a lot of it probably goes back to the ideas of trying to keep the kids from venturing places that could be dangerous for other reasons yeah it happens all the time multiple like stories from other like parts around the world it's always like like say the krampus story or mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think of something else that does it uh i know like standard boogeyman that's something right there's always so, that like werewolves and things like that yeah. uh, you know there's there's a scary creature in the part of the area that could be dangerous to yeah. the children so that you tell the children you know if you go out to that area, this scary creature is going to get you. So yeah. stay where we tell you. Yeah. Like a, a monster under the bed. Right. Basically, it's like, don't get out of bed because there's a <laughs> monster that could come out and get you. Dude, I still don't like <laughs> to put my feet over the edge of the bed at night. Well, you know, if you put your feet out of the bed and you're not, you don't have a cover over it and you feel a little tickle. Remember, we don't have a pet. so I'm aware. <laughs> you know that one night when... I woke up because I thought you came in and grabbed my ankle. Yeah. And and I could still feel the pressure that of something having grabbed me. Yeah, it wasn't me, though. It happened more than once, though. Yeah. There's stuff in our apartment I don't so, like. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, so I get, like, the whole, like, uh, stories about keeping people away and all that. And it, it lasts. I mean, that's the other thing, too. It's, like, passed down from generation to generation, and it still maintains some traction, and... Even now, like, I still think that people still tell the same kind of stories to their kids to try to get them to be dissuaded from going things and doing or going places and doing things and all that. But, oh, yeah. There's I mean, there's all kinds of little tricks that, you know, I'd say parents use in order to try and <laughs> make sure that their children toe the line and they're not doing it maliciously. It's yeah. it's out of a concern for their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's easier because kids have a more active imagination. It might be a little bit easier for them to believe that there would be a monster rather than like, oh, there's like chlorine or something in the area and you need to like knock over it because if you breathe it in, you'll die. Right. It's like, well, that's different because you, even though you can't see chlorine gas under normal circumstances, you're not going to like take it into account either. Right. So. And, you know, there was the Pine Barrens had a very frightening reputation for being inhospitable and yeah. there were gangs of highwaymen that would roam in the area and they were known to rob and attack travelers and so you definitely would not want your loved ones to have to encounter that because you never know what could yeah. happen yeah they were essentially like seen as outcasts of society mm -hmm. like fugitives uh poor farmers poachers moonshiners moonshiners uh, uh yeah deserted soldiers and stuff like that i mean it's i guess you wouldn't really want to come across somebody who might be in a bad place already like just they need to get an upper hand in some way and you never know but unfortunately desperation 
in in terms of life lead you to do yeah desperate things yeah. and in some cases it might be birthing a jersey devil <laughs> the the birth of the jersey devil could have potentially saved the lives of a lot of children mm-hmm. i think in the long run this is till the last drop and you're listening to this next section on our tab And our next cryptid has been described as round, flat, and full of arms or branches, and is the largest and most surprising of all the animal creation. Hmm. Well, I don't know of many sentient trees, so it must be the kraken. That's right. (laughs) Uh, The kraken, its first term was found in print. I believe it was the Systema Natura uh 1735 stories about this monster seem to date back to the 12th century in norway and a lot of these tales often refer to the creature so big that it's mistaken for an island or a series of islands i believe as even as late as 1752 when the bishop of bergen eric ludwigsen last name (laughs) wrote in his natural history of norway he gave that description that you just said not too long ago um, which is a very weird way to describe something. Uh, I think it's interesting that that is actually listed as the most detailed description. I guess that could be detailed. I mean, it's it's an animal or it's a plant. I animal, mean, vegetable, or mineral. I mean, they're two out of three ain't bad, right? <laughs> I mean, it narrows your options down by a whole third. However, in 1555, Olaus Magnus wrote of a sea creature with sharp and long horns round about, like a tree root up by the roots. They are 10 or 12 cubits long, very black, with huge eyes. So we're starting to get a little bit into the ballpark of this kraken description. Uh, Later kraken stories bring the creature down to a smaller but still monstrous size. Early descriptions give the animal a more crab-like appearance. Uh, By the 18th century, it started showing up in drawings as a giant many-armed cephalopod, say an octopus or a squid. In 1802, the French scientist Pierre Denis de Montfort stated in his book on the natural history of mollusks that the creature is encountered by Norwegian sailors was the Kraken octopus. I think it's, it's really interesting. This is one of those cases where... Clearly, this legendary creature was based on something that we know of, something real. So it has a basis in reality. It was probably something that these sailors hadn't really seen or encountered before. And if you suddenly see a massive, (laughs) giant creature, it's probably scary. And we know Uh, when people get scared, their imaginations can... uh, It's a monster. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, something you don't recognize... Yeah, it's out to eat you, but it's just a tree. It's got to eat you. <laughs> yeah. And that's the whole reason why ghost stories work, too. I mean, something oh, you're afraid of what goes bump in the night. You don't know what it is, but you can put a description behind it or you get your best encounter. I mean, that's basically what all cryptids are in some sense. It's like somebody sees something or they think they see something and it kind of builds on that anticipation of say fear and just not knowing what is really happening it's like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you see 
that chair that has the laundry on it. Oh, yeah. But it yep. in the dark, it looks like a person or a creature. And, you know, you're tired. It's dark. Your your brain's not working on all cylinders there. Mm. So, yeah. The biggest problem is when it moves into another room. I don't know. I think I'd rather it be in another room. I mean, if it's going to put itself away, that's fine. God, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, we've got possessed laundry, but uh, hey, it goes where it needs to go immediately. <laughs> it, it folds itself and puts itself away. Yep. I I would be totally down for that. <laughs> where do I sign up? Oh, maybe we should talk to that Mrs. Leeds. I think she might have a way to do that. <laughs> Quite possibly. Yeah. That was the whole reason why a Jersey Devil came into being, because she wanted witch power so she could have her laundry hang itself up and put it away. Hey, um... We cracked the case. I uh, I think she she had some uh, some good ideas. <laughs> now I know what to do. I mean, there wasn't any like washing machines at that point in time. There's hand washing, so obviously oh. that yeah. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> uh, the work was so hard it would make you want to make a deal, a deal with the devil. Probably. <laughs> I would not uh I would not dismiss that as a possibility. Until the last drop, we'd like to hear your stories, not have you become the story. So please drink responsibly. As stated previously, we have the Kraken Black Spiced Rum. This would be the themed drink for the Kraken at least. This one, it says on the label, bizarre and fierce sea creatures. And then it's got some script font that is very hard to read, not just because of the size, but it's this very flamboyant. Anyway, it's a 94 proof uh, black spiced rum. Basically, it's blended with spice, caramel, and other natural flavors. Caramel. So that must be the ink from the Kraken itself to make it so dark. That's right. So we got a little bit of the description out. I guess we might as well taste some of it and see if it really is, let's say, the blood of an octopus or a Kraken. I feel like if the blood of a kraken tastes like this, I'd be down. Well, that's probably why there aren't very many of them seen anymore. They were hunted to extinction for their alcoholic blood. For liquor? Yes. Uh, that probably checks out. Yeah. Well, stranger things could happen. Stranger things have happened. Well, yeah, that's true. All right. So you want me to take a taste of this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink <clears throat> rum much, so it's like a big drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm a fan of this one. Um I've tried their their suggested recipe for like the Doc Ock, which is one part Kraken, three parts Dr. Pepper. Um it's pretty good, but I I don't know. It it's hit or miss with me when I wanna drink Dr. Pepper is the real thing. So I think I would drink Kraken over Dr. Pepper for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely spicy. Yeah. You can really pick up on that one. <clears throat> um, which interesting is like, take a smell of it. The first thing that comes to mind is like, like you said before. Um, Vanilla extract. Yeah. Is what I smell. And like you, you can smell a lot of that, but the taste isn't so much on the vanilla. You get a little bit more on that caramel and a lot on like the uh, spice that's in it. Yeah. I think you get the caramel taste and then the spices kind of linger yeah in your mouth yeah. afterwards it kind of gives almost like a pseudo heat 
in some sense. Yeah. Which I can imagine it would be pretty good. Like, I don't remember the name of the other one that they had up there, but it was a one part Kraken and three parts ginger beer. That actually might go well with the ginger as well. So Yeah, we'll have to try that one sometime. Yep. Maybe if we revisit this, we might do a mixed version of Kraken. Yeah, so. or maybe for the uh the final episode of the season. Oh. Good work. Yeah. So since we had multiple cryptids in this episode, we decided to go with multiple different alcohols. We already went over the Kraken, and this one is the Glen Morangi. I believe I pronounced it relatively correctly this time. I honestly haven't even heard of this brand of single malt whiskey before doing the research into this. So, I mean, I've heard of Glen Levitt and what was the other one? Akintoshin, I believe. Mm. Both are pretty good, but this time we're doing the uh, small sampler pack to actually get multiples. We went over the original tenure. There's a La Santa, which is a 12-year, I believe, a sherry cask finish. A Quinta Ruben, which is a port cask finish. And a Nectar Dior, which is a Sultana's cask finish. And those are all aged 12 years. Since you're not too used to drinking scotch, of course, then again, neither am I. Um, why don't you go ahead and lead us in on some of the descriptions while I uh, try to get a little hands-on taste of some of these. That sounds like a good plan. All right. Um, which one do you have? The original? Yes, this is the original now. Okay. And that one is 10 years old. And that one they produce by maturing the delicate spirit that they get from Scotland's tallest stills in first and second fill American white oak casks. Hmm. Well, I'm no expert, but this one isn't too bad right off. Um, it does taste like it is a little bit sharper than the others, I guess. Lack of a better term. Um, I get an initial bite from it, like kind of in the front of the palate. And then when it moves back, there is still a little bit of lingering heat but not a whole lot. Um, Flavor-wise goes, I am terrible at picking out flavors, <laughs> so I might pass on that on all of these for now. So unless I can find something that's very descriptive. But other than that, it's, let's say it's the original. It's a good baseline. So maybe from there I can pick out some more detail. Right, that it gives you a good basis for comparison. Yeah. So which one do you want to do next? The La Santa? Sure. Whichever one's in the order of how they were presented. That would be the La Santa, which is a sherry cask finish, and it is aged for 12 years. So this one is supposed to be characterized by rich, spicy, nutty notes from the highest quality Spanish Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez sherry casks that are selected for extra maturation. Hmm. I can get a little bit of that nuttiness, but it tastes more roasted, if that makes sense. Like roasted nuts or roasted in general? Roasted in general, <clears throat> I guess. Um, I'm not like thinking of like a pack of roasted peanuts or something here, but it's... Well, you can get roasted <laughs> nuts in all varieties. All the nuts are roasted. That's right. Actually, yeah, let, let's say that. It tastes like all the nuts have been roasted. Is it rich and spicy? It is. Well... Then so, they weren't wrong. I know, they're not, they're not wrong. Rich, um, spicy, and nutty. It doesn't have the same lingering uh, bite as the original. So, Is it oh, smoother then? It does. It, yeah, it is a little bit smoother. It doesn't, it doesn't want to stick around and it's... Uh, I mean, it is described as having a wonderfully long and smooth finish. I, yeah, 
I would suppose you say that, that that's accurate? Yeah. I wouldn't say that it's really long, though. Um, it did go and uh, depart. Relatively yeah, yes. quickly. Yes. All right. So next would be the Quinta Rubin. And this is a port cask finish that's also been aged for 12 years. So this one owes its velvet-rich smoothness and long finish to the highest quality Portuguese port casks. It's supposed to have a complex balance of sweet and dry flavors. I'm actually getting a little bit more bitter huh. on that one. Um, it, it does, it from the others, it is a little bit drier. Um, other than that, I mean, the bitter really, really takes it in, though. Um, and that could just be part of the batch. That could be deliberate. I have honestly no idea. And I don't think there's any way that I would know because I'm not an avid drinker. You know, I've always been thrown off when somebody says that a type of liquor is dry. No, oh, yeah. And I know that it's a term that's specific to, like, I, I know a lot of times they use it with wine and things like that. But Gin. Yeah. That's the first thing I think of. Extra dry gin. It always throws me off because it's liquid. Yeah. So. Oh, here's your bottle of dust, sir. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So the next one up is the Nectar Dior. Yep. And that's... Dior. Nectar Dior. It's, it's not a door. It's a Dior. <laughs> nectar Dior. It's the Nectar Dior. Let that's, the bees in. That's right. <laughs> um, this is a Saunternus cask finish. And again, it's 12 years. So this one is literally the golden drink of the gods. It's lemony, honey, silkiness, and sumptuous finish from the rare Saunternus Baresque. I'm going to say that wrong. <laughs> From the most renowned French vineyards. Yes. Well, it is definitely a lot smoother than the others. Um, I got very subtle, like, sweetness behind it. Mm -hmm. Not a whole lot. It's It doesn't want to linger too much. But then again, I just had four straight tastes <laughs> of whiskey. So I think everything is just going to be whiskey flavored. Mm, so, I don't envy you there. <laughs> eh, whiskey isn't all bad. So it, it, they say it's a rich, fruity flavored single malt whiskey with a long and lusciously sweet finish. Mm. Would you agree with that? I suppose. I mean, I honestly, like, I don't know how long something is supposed to be finishing is the real problem. I mean, am I supposed to be essentially tasting this for five seconds for 10 seconds like how long is long is it just for the initial time and like maybe a couple seconds after you swallow it like how much linger yeah, right i mean if that's the case then i suppose that would be considered long but either way it's i'm sure it's nothing like that that whiskey <laughs> that i had in st louis that one time the smoked yes yeah i wish i remember the name of that one. Oh, that was really interesting yeah, that one was pretty good. So what what are your thoughts in general on this particular sampling? I mean, it's a good way to taste the product, obviously. Um, in order of anything, I mean, like from this, I would probably go with the Nectar Dior over some of the other ones. I mean, but then again, it's, it's a 12-year. Um, so the original at 10-year, it's still a little bit harsher than I would like. So I suppose I would put... 12 years priority to the 10. Um, personally, I'd probably go with the Nectar Dior 
possibly the Lasanta, the uh, Quinta Ruben, and then the original in an order of preferred to lesser. Now, I did actually try these with you a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I would have to agree. I think that the Nectar Dior was my favorite, too. I liked the... It did kind of have a, a bit of a lemony or fruity taste that yeah. I think... I'm not a huge whiskey fan. Or scotch. Sorry. What is it? Scotch whiskey. Scotch whiskey. Okay. <laughs> Single malt scotch uh, whiskey. So That's it's both. Fun. I wasn't wrong. I'm not a huge fan. And so the fact that it didn't taste to me blatantly like just general scotch whiskey was a bonus. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's also not like you're just drinking straight alcohol either. So uh, there is actually flavor to it. And I mean, in some instances, yeah, like think of Everclear. It's just, or even some of the harsher moonshines where you can get up to say 140 proof or was it 128? I don't remember exactly what I saw. I don't know. I know I had Everclear once. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I remember this one time when uh, me and a couple friends were in a bar and we were just, just drinking some beer and all that. And uh, one of my friends was, I don't know, I said, I was like, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll get you, I'll buy you a drink and all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, just because I was like, yeah, whatever. I went up to the bartender and asked, it's like, so what's the best thing that I can get that is going to give him a, a good buzz without essentially like breaking my pocket right. or anything like that? And uh, poured out a, I believe, a double shot of Everclear. <laughs> and uh, after that, like he he took the shot and he was like, "Whoa!" And then like later on, he's like, "I don't know, I don't know what that was, man, but that was that was pretty good <laughs> as far as effect wise." So. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. That's gonna. That's definitely gonna do you in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like step down from isopropyl, I guess, but. <laughs> I or did. is there actually flavor in Everclear? I mean, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. The smell of that that alien vodka. Yep. Okay, it's like worse than that. Yeah, yeah. the The smell gets you a lot from that one, but. It's, but this was that's the taste of like Everclear is yeah. worse than the smell. Yeah. I know that the one time that I drank it, a friend of mine did a quick. It wasn't really a shot. It was supposed to be a shot, but it was way more than a shot. And just like whatever could come out of the bottle when you tip it up. No, we, oh. she poured it into actual drinking glasses. Oh, like plastic big drinking glasses. Oh, okay. So you went to Seven Eleven, got a big gulp. So I was like, yeah, this is here's your big gulp of yeah. Everclear. And I was nervous, and I was kind of stalling. And I look up, and she's already got it to her mouth, and I'm not to be outdone tip the cup and let it go down and we both drop our glasses on the table and i look up at her and she kind of smiles and laughs and i smile and the next thing i know her hand flies in front of her mouth and she's run into the bathroom mm. always a good time oh that scared me <laughs> i was expecting to have to deal with the same thing mm. i did not but well i guess that could be something like if we go into the topic of like shots with chasers i suppose uh perhaps a chaser might have helped a little bit to kind of curb that <laughs> I, I don't know disinfecting effect that it would have had i don't i don't <laughs> even know if a chaser would have done anything i think 
my entire tongue was just seared off. Yeah. I suppose it may be more beneficial to just like try a taste before taking a whole shot or however much it would be just so you can like prepare yourself on what you're going to be consuming before actually like i think sometimes maybe but i also think that there's some part of your brain that if you were to try it would keep you from ever actually drinking more of it because it would realize that the human body should probably (laughs) not consume it well yeah i suppose so (laughs) and that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of till the last drop we went over the Kraken, the Jersey Devil, uh, the Mothman, and a pair of pants known as the Nightcrawler. We also had some of the Kraken rum itself, and some of the Glen Morangi Scotch whiskeys, all of which are very interesting, and if you have a chance to check them out, I'd suggest doing so. Maybe you'll have a better opinion, maybe you'll taste something different. And I'd like to give a thank you to anybody who's listened to the podcast, seen our website, or even checked out our Facebook page. I know it can be a little bit difficult in this time to get production schedule going the way that it was planned out to be, hence why we had the delay between this and our last episode, but we're still working to try and get more episodes out, although they may be a little bit more delayed. We're also very grateful for our first donation that we received through the website. It's always nice to know that somebody wants to tip the bartender, if you will. And if you have your own paranormal story that you'd like to share, you can check us out at tillthelastdrop.com or even our Facebook page, where we'd love to hear from you. We may even be able to feature your story in one of the episodes. And of course, thanks for listening till the last drop. Thank you for listening till the last drop. For more paranormal experiences served up with a themed drink, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts.